You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Brayman. Today, we're sitting down with John Farragon to discuss the side effect of weight gain as a result of certain HIV medications. Thanks again for coming on, John. Yeah, thanks, Marianne. And I think this is a, an important topic for a lot of the providers that are dealing with HIV uh, treatment. So uh, it's a good thing that we're talking about this today. So, John, let's get into it. Give us a little b- background into this issue of weight gain associated with certain HIV medications. Which medications are we talking about in particular? And what are healthcare providers seeing in some patients? Yeah, so I think I think many of us are, if, if you're doing HIV care, uh, and for those of you who are not, I'm sure you're aware that a lot of the, um, over the last few years, there's been a lot of changes to the guidelines and basically um, integrase inhibitor uh, class, uh, the INSTEs, have really been elevated to preferred for, or recommended for most, uh, in addition to two nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors. So uh, basically integrase inhibitors, um, uh, in addition to uh, two NRTIs, for example, either TAF, FTC, so tenofovir-alafenamide, uh, emtricitabine, or tenofovir-disoproxylfumarate, emtricitabine. And there is some data also with abacavir, lamivudine as well. Um, but, you know, really the, the integrases, I think, uh, the INSTEs, the integrase class has really kind of made some big differences here. And, and there's a lot of advantages to them. Um, a lot of the in- integrase-based regimens have better tolerability. There's usually smaller pills in some situations. Um, and some recent uh, and, and some recent data really suggests that there's obviously less drug interactions as well. So if you're using, uh, especially the unboosted integrase inhibitors, the ones that most people are probably using today, I think you know you have that advantage as well of less drug interactions. Well, you know while, while these are very good medications, so some recent studies uh, suggest that some of our newer integrase inhibitors may be causing some weight gain in some of our patients, and so. Before we even start to discuss some of the data, I think that most providers would agree that our, our main goal is to really make sure that our patients um, are on a medication that they're going to tolerate that fits for their profile for that individual patient. And you know, when you talk about antiretroviral therapy with patients, they'll tell you different things. Some of them want smaller pills. Some prefer once daily dosing. Some of them want injectable medications. Some of them don't. And just be sure to, to, to ask the patient what's going to work for them. And I think that's the most important piece of, uh, of, of, any, of any treatment regimen that, that we could potentially come up with. Um, but there are certain drugs, at least at this point, that have shown that over the last couple of years or so, or so, and some of the more recent data has shown that there is weight gain with certain meds. 
So what is the guidance for healthcare providers when it comes to prescribing these medications? Yeah, so I think an easy way to do is just dive into what the guidelines say, right? So this this is the DHHS guidelines. So many of you may be using the IASUSA, which is the International Antiviral Society. Um, we tend to use the Department of Health and Human Services guidelines, DHHS guidelines. And so these are the, the preferred regimens. There's actually um, four different regimens that are now preferred. One of them is Bictegravir, Tenofovir, Alafenamide, plus Emtricitabine. That's in a drug called Bictarvi. Um, we also have Dolutegravir, Abacavir, Lamividine. Um, and that's in a drug called Triumex, so it's a triple pill. It's just like Bictegavir or Bictarvi is a triple pill, so it's Triumex. Um, we also have another um, another drug called um, uh, Dolutegavir plus uh, TAF FTC or TDF FTC. So basically, basically be Tivic K plus Descovi or Tivic K uh, plus um, uh, plus Truvada. That's another option. For, for people as well. And then finally, uh, we have dolutegravir lamividine, uh, which is a newer drug called Dovato. There's some caveats on whether or not you can, you can use those in certain, in certain patients. But the bottom line is, is that um, the drugs that are causing some of the weight gain that we believe is part of the weight gain really have been shown with the, the, the what I call the Gravir drugs that are on the guidelines, dolutegravir and also um, uh, uh, Bictegravir. So those are the two main ones. And then also TAF-FTC, which is the newer version of Tenofovir, which is in Descovi and in a lot of the combination pills, um, that's also been shown to, to cause, uh, at least at this point, it's been potentially associated with some, with some weight gain. So one, one example is just uh, the, the, these are the 1489 and the 1490 studies from Gilead, um, where Bictarvi was compared to either Triamec or K plus Descovi. So it's BICTAF, FTC compared to your Dolutegavir, Bacavir 3TC or Dolutegavir, TAF, FTC. So basically what you're comparing is you're comparing Dolutegavir to Bictegavir and you're also comparing TAF, FTC to a Bacavir 3TC. That's kind of the nuke backbone. And when you look at these, uh, these studies were all done in naive patients. And when you look at them, both of the studies followed patients for three years and then some. Um, and the bottom line, if you look out to three years, in both of the studies, the people on, on the Dolutegavir or, or, or Bictegavir uh, and with Abacavir 3TC or TAF-FTC gained weight. And that, gain, that weight gain was anywhere from 3.5 to 5.5 kilograms on average. So the one thing that we have to always remember, kilograms is in pounds, right? So we have to multiply it by 2.2 per pounds, and it winds up being about seven, seven and a half to eight pounds up to 12.1 pounds. So again, over three years, um, this may be a concern for some people. I would also mention too that this sometimes is unfair. People will say this is unfair, but I think it's true. You have these outliers too that sometimes it's somebody might gain 20 pounds in over three years, and that's a little bit more of a concern for 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 providers. So you have those outliers, and I think those are the patients that probably are more at top of mind for some of the providers that are dealing with with some of the weight gain. But even on average, though, you're looking at anywhere from a 7.7 to a 12 pound. Uh, weight gain over over three years with the use of these medications. And like I said before, the hard part is that these really are well-tolerated, small pill burden, easy to take meds. And I think that's uh, that's that's the hardest part to kind of figure this out. When it comes to TAF, FTC, does that alone cause weight gain? Yes, yeah, so this is actually a really good, important point. Um, is, and really the, the couple of ways to look at this is you can look at the DISCOVER study. Um, and this was a study that was done that compared um, the TAF-FTC, which is Descovi, to TDF-FTC, which is Truvada. 
in a head-to-head fashion for a um, for a, a, a prevention study for for prep. So Discover, as many of you might know, that Discovy and Chuvat are used for prep for HIV prevention, and even in uh, in people who um, uh, who are who are without HIV infection, there was still about a 1.7 kilogram weight gain over 48 weeks in the Discovy arm compared to about a half a kilogram in the Truvada arm. And that was statistically different between the two arms. So even for uninfected patients or patients who are living without HIV infection, people without HIV infection, uh, there, there shows um, uh, some increase in waking, waking with TAF-FTC or Discovy, uh, even in patients without HIV. So one other study that actually looked at this is in, um, in, uh, that was done in South Africa called the ADVANCE study. And this study actually looked at this, uh, this phenomenon of TAF-FTC causing weight gain. And this was done actually in patients with HIV infection. And basically it, the study compared dolutegravir, which again is one of our second generation integrase inhibitors with either TAF-FTC or TDF-FTC. And they compared that to uh, an older drug called Atripla, um, which again is a Favarin's TDF and FTC together as a combination pill. And if you look at 96 weeks, weeks of data, women in the dolutegravir TAF FTC arm, again, comparing to a non-nuke TDF containing regimen, gained the most weight at about 10.9 kilograms when compared to those patients on dolutegravir uh, uh, plus Truvada. And the least gain was actually, the least weight gain was found in the efavirenz TDF FTC. So the non-nucleoside with tenofovir disoproxylfumarate, the older version, had, had the least weight gain. So really what this shows us is that the INSTEEP and TAF combination led to the most increase in, in weight, but this was also shown in, uh, in the 1489 and 1490 studies, which we know. And then there's other studies called the, the OPERA study, which, which, which switched basically from TDF to TAF, also showed weight gain with TAF as well. So again, a lot to unpack here, but basically showing us, uh, and a lot to continue to study, I think too, and it's not certainly all the studies that I'm covering here, but the most important thing here is I think when you look at weight gain with antiretrovirals, it really does appear to be either, either Bictegavir or Dolutegavir, and then it also appears to be worse with TAF versus TDF. And, and again, there might be reasons why that's true, and some people may say that it's returned to normal weight. Um, people getting switched from a fabrance, there might be a genotype that's involved, which may potentially be, uh, be the cause of all of this, but I think right now, I think it's safe to say that if patients are on dolutegravir or bictegravir and they're on TAF-FTC, I think it's, it's prudent for us to basically monitor weights and, and kind of keep track of it so we know what we should be doing or not doing for patients who, who may potentially have, have weight gain. Ooh, I feel like we went through a lot there. What are your final thoughts as we begin to wrap up? Yeah, so it is a lot to to kind of kind of unpack and to figure out, uh, and hopefully I've kind of highlighted the main concepts. But I think the the things to ask is why is it happening? And you know, there's some theories are uh, you know is it a return to normal weight um, in patients with lower weights due to HIV infection, and they're starting on meds, and then they increase their weight because now they're healthier. Um, so that's that's a piece of it. Um, metabolic mechanisms have been have been explored. Um, certain receptors involved with gastric emptying and metabolism may be affected uh, by drugs like dolutegravir and bictegravir. That might be a piece. The other question is, is it just TAF? And based on the discovery study in patients without HIV infection uh, was clearly worse with TAF, uh, but again, not a huge weight gain, but it's still there, 1.5, 1.7 kilograms, right? Over, over uh, 48 weeks. 
Uh, and then plus certain instances, again, the second generation Stelutegravir and Vic seem to be the most common. Is it just Stelutegravir and Vic? I think that's an ongoing question. It's hard to know definitively, but it appears worse with the second generation instances. And then the, really the question is, what do we do about it, right? So now we have patients that are on medications that are, they don't have a lot of nausea and diarrhea and vomiting. They don't have those side effects that we used to see for a lot of patients that have been switched to these meds. And so should we switch to something else that may potentially have more side effects or different side effects, but not necessarily weight gain? And, you know, what about the outliers? What do you do with those patients that gain a lot of weight versus those that kind of, you know, gain a little bit over time? It's just really hard to understand and what, what to actually know what's actually happening. One of the things that's out there is that maybe we should be doing uh, nuke, nucleoside and, and second generation NC sparing regimens. That's something to think about, right? And so some of the strategies I think that are under, under evaluation, I think that, that will help to answer, at least kind of elucidate some of the, some of the issues with, with these are, um, are a couple of different studies. And I, and I think these are the, probably the most common ones or uh, potential ones that might answer the question. Um, but switching off of uh, insti-based therapy to teravirine uh, from the ongoing ACTG 5391 study. Um, and also, um, so that's basically taking people on an insti-based regimen with weight gain, and they get switched to teravirine. Um, uh, and some of them are going to be on TDF as well. So that actually will help answer some of these questions. And it's, a, it's a smaller study, but again, it'll help answer the question. That's the ACTG 5391 study, and that's ongoing. Um, also switching from TAF uh, or TAF and NST-based regimen to darunavir kobe sistat emtricitabine taf in the DEFINE trial. So that's a question of, you know, if we switch people off of um, in integrase-based regimens, keep the TAF the same, switch them to a boosted PI, will that make a difference for people? And that's in the DEFINE trial. And then finally, you know, a lot of people are using the IM cabotegavir plus rupivirine. It doesn't appear that those drugs are associated with weight gain. And that could that follow... Uh, you know, following the weight trajectory in those studies may help answer some of those questions in, in treatment experience patients as well. So bottom line, all right, TAF, second generation Dutegavir uh, and, and Victegavir appear to be the drivers for some of the weight gain. But again, there's a lot of different factors that are going on, different genotypes, different, um, you know, why it's actually happening, I think are all things that are all being evaluated in some of those studies that I mentioned, in particular, the, the 5391 ACTG study, the defined trial, uh, and even considering injectables may potentially help us to answer, answer some of these questions. But really complex, ongoing story, but I think it's important for us to know that there is some weight gain with some of these medications that we're using for our patients on a regular basis. John, thanks so much for coming on today and talking about this recent trend related to certain HIV medications. It's so important for healthcare providers to know how these drugs may be affecting their patients prior to prescribing them. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.nikaatc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know.
This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.